Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. To subscribe to the podcast, visit burningdogradio.com and click on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. We're in Acts chapter 10 this week, Acts chapter 10, where Peter now is about to be challenged as to his traditionalism and the mores of his religion that he had been raised with. Jesus had rocked his world, and apparently he wasn't done doing that yet. We pick it up on verse 9 of chapter 10, where we read, Now on the next day, as they were on their journey and got close to the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about noon. He became hungry and desired to eat, but while they were preparing, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and a certain container descending to him like a great sheet let down by four corners on the earth, in which were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild animals, reptiles, and birds of the sky. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now, last time we were together, we began the story of the Roman centurion by the name of Cornelius, how he was a godly man and how God had singled him out for what was now going to be a revolutionary wave of God's change within the church. But as God often does, it seems he was working both sides of the story at the same time. While he supernaturally was meeting with Cornelius to prepare his heart, he also went ahead of him to meet with Peter to prepare his. And what occurred here was not only a profound event in the lives of both of these men, but it would also forever change the direction and the nature of the church. While Peter was certainly a born-again Christian, he was no doubt still holding on to some traditionalism or perhaps even some legalism that would affect his service to God. And in the name of religion, it seems man is often inadvertently attempted well to put God in a box. Charles Spurgeon had something to say about this. He said Peter had pretty much put God in a box of limitations and now God was going to shake Peter up to change his thinking. He can do the same for us, Spurgeon says. Shake yourself up a little, my brother. If you are too precise, may the Lord set you on fire and consume your bonds of red tape. If you have become so improperly proper that you cannot commit a proper impropriety, then pray God to help you be less proper, for there are many who will never be saved by your instrumentality while you study propriety. End quote. Now, being a good Jew, Peter had never eaten anything that wasn't kosher. So while embracing the Lord's grace, he was still holding on to a righteousness by rule instead of selling out to the Lord's righteousness by faith. You see, for Peter, the rules were the most important thing. But for God, love was the most important thing. Verse 14 says, But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And a voice came to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. Now this was done three times, and immediately the thing was received up into heaven. It seems Peter's heart literally spills forth out of his mouth here. One might find his response to God's direction obviously out of line, yet how many of us 
have at one time or another been guilty of answering to our Lord in the same manner. <laughs> Can the two words no and Lord ever find solidarity in one sentence that is directed towards our Redeemer? Ironically, the man who carried the remorse of denying Christ three times now told the Lord no three times, all in the defense of religious propriety and status quo. You know, it's easy to believe that a reaction such as this is reserved for the unredeemed. However, believers can be just as guilty, and we are without excuse. We too have experienced the benefit of, well, coloring outside the lines of religious rules, just as Cornelius had. Verse 17 goes on and says, Now while Peter was very perplexed in himself with the vision which he had might mean, behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, now stood before the gate. And they called and asked for Simon, who was also called Peter, if he was lodging there. While Peter was pondering this vision, the Spirit told him, Behold, three men seek you. Arise, go down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. But Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am he whom you seek. Why have you come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous man, and the one who fears God, and well spoken of by all the nations of the Jews, was directed by the holy angel to invite you to his house and to listen to what you say. So he called them in and provided a place to stay. And on the next day, Peter rose and went out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. On the next day, verse 24, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was waiting for them, having called together the relatives, his relatives, and his near friends. Now, before we go on, I, I want to note that Peter here was clearly, uh, while going along with the situation, he was clearly not going to be a fool. There's something here for us. I mean, he went with these men, but he took some witnesses with him for certainly, quote, at the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established, end quote. That comes from 2 Corinthians 13.1. Peter clearly was not going to fly solo on this one. No, no, the stakes here were too high, and he knew it. Verse 25 says, When Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. Now Cornelius was clearly excited to see Peter, so much so that he fell at Peter's feet and actually began to worship him. Peter could have jumped on this grand opportunity and basked in the adoration, but Peter wasn't looking for anyone to bow and kiss his ring. He knew who needed to get the glory, and he knew it wasn't him. Verse 27, as he talked with him, he went in and found many gathered there. And he said to them, You yourselves know how it is unlawful thing for a man who is a Jew to join himself and come to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I shouldn't call any man unholy or unclean. Therefore, I also came without complaint when I was sent for. I ask, therefore, why did you send for me? Now, in closing here, please note that Peter stated the obvious. He clearly states that well, technically, he wasn't supposed to be there. But he was, and it appeared God had brought him. So the question's asked, what's this all about, Cornelius? That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information, 
on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit believerstogether.com.